question. When is the best time to start innovating? Answer, yesterday. <laughs> now there's many who have a desire to be more creative, more innovative. And they may even articulate that out loud. Far fewer will take the initiative to actually innovate. Now there are barriers to beginning and there's no guarantee that you will be rewarded for your efforts. But long-term, it could be the one thing that catapults your career, your company, or your gross margin to greater heights. Interested? Stay tuned to learn more. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Innovation Driven Growth Podcast. Here we examine what enables true creativity, how to convert ideas into innovation, and seek out what ignites enterprise-wide growth. I'm your host, entrepreneur, strategist, and muser of metacognition, David Peterson. Hey, before we get into the meat of today's podcast, I want to relay a story I came across that struck me as a good example of getting creative to problem solve. Now, this comes from a Fox News story posted on April 9th, and I'll have a link to that story in the podcast notes. Here's a summary of it. Countries across the globe are working to flatten the curve when it comes to newly reported cases of coronavirus, but one company's unique interpretation of the popular phrase has unwittingly led to a massive COVID-19 relief fundraiser. Jeff Cunningham is co-founder and art director of Link Soul, a lifestyle brand that sells a variety of golf products. Now, like most business owners, he revealed that he was feeling down and out because he lost business and he had to furlough his great employees. He even snapped at his social media manager, Lauren, when she asked him how Link Soul should respond to the world events. He says, I sniped at her and said, nobody cares what we have to say. But she knows me better and replied by saying, creativity is going to get us all through this. And that resonated with me. Now, in an effort to figure out how his company could get involved, Cunningham created a golf-inspired graphic writing, this calls for the low stinger, referring to a low arching golf shot. He added a hashtag to the shirts reading, hashtag flatten the curve, in an effort to encourage people to flatten the coronavirus curve. Quote, the visual immediately popped into my head of a low stinger, explained Cunningham, a golf shot that focuses on keeping your ball flight low and safe from the elements. And as you can see, the arc of the shot visually in a graph, you know, that we're all used to seeing looks like you're flattening the curve. The Link Soul co-founder's graphic design was posted on Instagram, and the feedback, as Cunningham described it, was absolutely bonkers. Cunningham said that he received countless requests to put the graphic on a t-shirt, so he did. But he took it a step further. The company, which already makes a variety of graphic tees, decided to step up production and donate 100% of the shirt sales to the Center for Dis Disaster Philanthropy to help with COVID-19 relief. According to its website, the Center for Disaster Philanthropy assists our country's most vulnerable populations in times of disaster, including hourly wage earners, immigrant populations, older adults, and people with disabilities. At the publication of the article, the t-shirt had already raised $86,100 for COVID-19 relief. Said Cunningham, it's true, Lauren was right, creativity 
and seeing things in a new light is really going to get us through this. How about that? I just I, that story just really resonated with me. Certainly, the current pandemic is an obvious reason for us to be rethinking everything. But we don't need a worldwide virus to spur us to think differently. Let's talk a bit about how innovation can get started with you or with your organization. Not long ago, I had just walked off the stage at a big regional banking association conference. Now, I had spent 60 minutes encouraging the financial institution executives at that conference to think about how they think and to get a spark of innovation started at their financial institution. So now afterwards, I'm chatting with attendees, and the question that they most frequently ask is, how can I get innovation started at my organization? As a professional speaker, consultant, and strategic planning facilitator, it would please me to no end that something an attendee heard during my presentation spurred them to think more about innovation. The truth is, is everyone that works in financial services already knows they need to be more innovative. And I'm really just igniting a spark to, to potential action. But in my experience, most companies are not nearly as innovative as they could or should be, regardless of the vertical market. If you're not Google, Apple, Amazon, etc., it's a pretty good bet you're not nearly as innovative across the whole enterprise. Now, there's a big difference between knowing that you should do something and actually having the initiative to get it done. If my wife says, David, remember to take the trash to the street, I have an immediate and clear reminder to get that task done. And I want to get it done. But if I fail to get up and do it right then, it's, it's almost a certainty that I will forget to do it. So when I hear people make comments to me about getting innovation started or what should I do or how can I, they're responding to a spark of initiative. And I applaud that. But what somebody says immediately after my talk and what they do two days later when they get back to their job is another thing altogether. It is so easy to immediately fall back into the numbing routine of the job facing the seemingly overwhelming task of getting change started, especially for a tradition-bound industry like banking. So I get it that very little change has actually occurred. Okay, so it's hard. But exactly how do you get innovation started? Your actions largely depend on what your role is in the organization and how free you are to innovate. Now, if you're the CEO and you want innovation to flourish, then you have the power and resources to make it happen. However, as you go farther down the org chart, your ability to innovate may depend on how much your boss or supervisor values innovation. Perhaps said another way, will there be negative consequences from your boss if you decide that you're going to start innovating. Now, I know that sounds crazy, but let's just pick a hypothetical. Let's say you manage six other workers and you decide to start innovating. And as a result of that innovation, there's a dramatic increase in the productivity 
of your little group. Now, it's possible that your supervisor might see this as a negative. Maybe the supervisor's boss will wonder why that supervisor hadn't already implemented changes like this. Now, trust me, there's no end to the reasons that someone will use to limit or thwart innovation. Okay? Maybe maybe you don't supervise six people. Maybe you're just a hard worker who supervises no one. Can you just decide to innovate right where you are? Maybe. I believe that every person working at any organization falls into one of three innovation categories. Here they are. A, you're completely free within reason to innovate. B, you have a desire to innovate, but you're being blocked from innovation by somebody higher up in the organization. Or C, you are the innovation roadblock. A, completely free to innovate. B, want to innovate, but being blocked. C, you're the roadblock. Okay, now let's take that first scenario. If you're, if you're free to innovate and you're not doing so, then what's stopping you? Regardless of whether you are the CEO, a mid-manager, or just a hard-working associate located on the far reaches of the cube farm, there are opportunities for innovation all around you. All it takes is for you to initiate action that identifies areas that would be the target of innovation. Think creatively about that area and create potential innovations. If you've been following this podcast, you know I've already provided a definition for what constitutes an innovation, creativity, expressed, manufactured, and consumed. And there's a whole podcast on how to get into a creative mode where I talked about space, time, time, and self-confidence. If you have not already done so, you maybe should go back and check out those episodes. If you're eager to innovate, but you're being blocked, take a step back and examine what is the actual blockage. There are a number of categories that may represent innovation blockage. These might include the cost of the innovation that you're trying to attempt, manager management, resistance to change, and perhaps even the method in which you're presenting your innovation ideas. Now, many times, innovation is blocked due just to the amount of money involved. And the innovator may not have articulated the idea clearly or, or what the benefit of the said innovation. If it's unclear, then it may not be, be listened to, it may not be heard. Are you asking for a significant amount of money or budget to do something? Or do you want to innovate on something that may be difficult for you to explain? Remember, creativity expressed. You have to be able to explain it to somebody else to the extent that they understand. Now, if you're not getting approval for some big budget items that you feel are the target of innovation, well, then just back up and start smaller. Find an area or an issue where virtually no money would be needed in order to innovate. Chances are, if you're not spending any money, you may not need anyone's approval to innovate. Now, if you can show that you're successful in ideating and executing on small innovations, then management above you will be more likely to be receptive to bigger innovation ideas, right? So just you know, take something a little smaller to chew on as your first go-round. Perhaps you're not presenting your ideas well. Well, 
If so, that's something completely within your control to improve. Now, it's likely you've thought about, you might even have practiced what you would say to your boss or your boss's boss about an idea you have. But all of a sudden, you're put on the spot and, and you freeze up. You, you just are all of a sudden have difficulty getting your, your idea across with clarity and confidence. Now, if this is the case, you need to boost your speaking ability, especially in extemporaneous opportunities, those spur-of-the-moment sort of out-of-left-field timeframes. I highly recommend Toastmasters as a way to greatly improve your speaking and presentation skills. Now, there's chapters everywhere in the country, even in rural areas, even internationally. You'll find a link to Toastmasters in the podcast notes. Find a chapter near you. Go visit. They love to have visitors come in, and, and they won't force you to get up and speak right away, but it's such, it's such a powerful place for people to really work on their speaking acumen. And not only by you joining Toastmasters will it improve your ability to confidently speak on topics for which you have prepared, but you also will have the opportunity to improve your impromptu speaking being able to think on your feet and confidently deliver a concise and cogent narrative on your idea is the best way to have your innovation opportunities truly vetted. You know, one possibility is, is there's really no actual blockage, but you perceive that there are barriers that might not actually exist. <laughs> don't, don't laugh. This actually happens. We often assume problems that aren't real. We assume that we can't do this or we can't do that without any real cause for that assumption. Perhaps you might adopt my theory of forgiveness is easier to get than permission. Now, hear me clearly. I'm not suggesting that you break any corporate policies. But if there's nothing overtly stopping you for innovate, then just do so. If, if there's a way to streamline your specific daily tasks, do that. See what the procedure improvement yields. So what if it's only five minutes saved? You have innovated. You've innovated. Find another area ripe for innovation and tackle that one. Pretty soon, you might have added a free hour daily from your normal work. This time can be spent thinking, thinking, coming up with additional ideas for innovation. Push forward on small innovations, and please don't worry if you don't get immediate kudos for it. Don't call attention to yourself. Hey, 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 look at me. I, I eliminated step four. Forget it. Just focus on process improvement, and over time, those that innovate will get noticed. Just be prepared to step up and confidently but without boasting when you're asked about your ideas and execute on it. Now, if you are the one that's blocking everyone else in your organization or below you in the org chart from innovating, then stand aside. Yeah, stand aside. Take a deep introspective look at your stance on innovation and decide if it's healthy for the long-term success of your organization. If you manage the budget, then work with potential innovators to find ways to say yes for reasonable budget expenditures related to innovation. 
Perhaps you could help them find smaller budget projects to begin with so they can prove out their innovation skills and you can vet the results. By your stifling innovation, you are negating the prospect of someone in your organization that could nudge up your gross margin just by getting more efficient, just by small innovations. And you certainly will eliminate the opportunity for somebody innovating something truly revolutionary. And for those of you who would say, well, there's some really bad ideas promoted as innovation, okay, I agree with you. Not all ideas are winners. I get it. But when you're the roadblock shutting down ideas, unless there's a guaranteed win, well, you're training those below you to simply stop innovating. They're not even going to try because you just shoot everything down. Remember, I previously stated that studies show it takes 30 ideas to come up with a great one. Now, you can't selectively decide the one idea that will be great. So therefore, you need to encourage and harvest all ideas, every idea, without stifling it. And it won't matter how much you encourage innovation if your actions don't back up that admonition. If you're talking about wanting innovation, but your actions don't back it up, then what you do will shout so loud they will not hear what you say. So, what should innovators try to accomplish? You should spend time and energy or encourage others to find innovative ways to achieve any of the following. One, reduce the cost of your department or business operations. Two, generate additional revenue. Three, create some new product or service. Or four, improve the customer experience. As I mentioned before, pick something small to start. Let's say you have a seven-step process that's been executed many, many times every single week for years. Can you evaluate each of those steps and see if they're still necessary? Who knows? Eliminating even one of those Steps out of that multi-step process can add up to significant time savings. Suppose you determine that step four, that only takes one minute to complete, could be eliminated from a process that's done 250 times a week across your enterprise. Well, that adds up to 217 man hours in a year's time. Now, now that's not earth-shattering, but come on, that's meaningful. 217 hours that can be used to focus on customer experience improvement. 217 hours that could be focused on increasing revenue or 217 hours to think about other innovations that would reduce cost. All of those activities would have a positive impact on gross margin. That's a good thing. Small innovations lead to more small innovations, which then lead to medium innovations and pretty soon, maybe even without realizing it, you are really tackling some big innovations. And if just one person starts innovating, then, then others sort of see that impact. They take notice, particularly if that employee is lauded and rewarded for his or her efforts. Now, this is extremely important. Don't punish anyone that tries to innovate but is unsuccessful. Innovation involves personally trying something new to improve. There's always a risk the idea will not work out as planned. Innovation failure is guaranteed to occur. 
Let me say that again. Innovation failure is a guaranteed thing. It's going to happen. So you must accept failures as learning lessons. Just make sure that failures are not reoccurring. So if if you have somebody who's trying to innovate and they're making the same mistake or failing in the same way over and over and over again, well, that, that's not positive. But somebody who's truly trying to innovate and then fails, and then iterates, and then tries again, tries again. That's genius, and you need to support it. If you learn from a mistake, and you continue thinking and innovating, the end result will ultimately be a positive one. One other key point. If you're in any kind of supervisory role, make innovation a part of the employee's annual review process. Now, I was recently chatting with a client from a Midwest financial institution, and she told me that she had added an innovation element to the annual review for all employees. So this organization is telling their employees in the most direct, non-ambiguous way as possible that they value and are going to track innovation. When somebody's raise or bonus is partially predicated on how much they innovate, you will see organizational innovation flourish. Be the spark of innovation, regardless of where you sit on the org chart. Raise your hand, have an idea, be able to articulate your idea to others, then get to work and come up with meaningful and measurable results. Don't exaggerate your success, but be prepared to give an account of how your innovation saved time, saved money, created something new, or improved the customer experience. Let me restate this, super important. You may not get immediate kudos for your innovation, but keep innovating anyway. Your creativity and ideas will get noticed in the long run. And even if they're not, you can know, you can personally know that you're making a difference, a tangible difference, for you, for your organizations, and the customers you serve. Thanks again for investing your valuable time listening to the Innovation Driven Growth Podcast. I covet your questions, comments, or critique. You can reach me at david at davidpeterson.com. I'm also on Facebook at DP Speaks and everywhere else on social media at DLP Speaks. I look forward to hearing from you and be sure to look for a new episode soon.